Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you and welcome to another episode of Miller Time. I am your host, Pastor Cedric Miller. Thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful Tuesday evening. I cannot tell you how wonderful today was in New Jersey, weather-wise. It was the most gorgeous day ever. I was outside and I thought to myself, today is why you live in New Jersey, because of weather like today. It was nice, it, was, it wasn't cold, it wasn't hot, it was just perfect, the sun was out. Hey, Asha, how are you, baby? Um, and to all of you, thank you so much for joining me. What a great day it is, and I'm grateful to the Lord. It's, he made it, and I'm excited about that. I give him all the glory and all the honor. If you're with us for the first time, or if you're with us um, from someplace else and you don't know what this program is about, let me be very clear. This is not a church service. This by no means is a church service. We do that on Thursday nights at seven, Sunday mornings at nine, Saturday evenings at seven. That's when you can find church. Here, it's just one local pastor in a Jersey Shore town sharing his heart on current events as I see fit and sharing his opinion. So please, this is not the time to rebuke me in Jesus' name or to write me a letter of any sort. If, if what I'm saying, if you disagree with, you have a couple of options. You can pray for me. You can let me know that you disagree with me respectfully, or you can hit that X at the top right-hand corner of your screen. But I'm inviting you, please. Let's go for the ride tonight. I have so much to discuss. I have enough information to do three Miller times tonight. And I'm not even going to rush. I'm going to get to as much as I get to, and then we're going to go forward. All right. I did say it's not a church service, but we are Christians, and we don't want to do anything that the Lord is not invited to. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. What a mighty God, a wonderful Savior you are. Thank you for washing and cleansing us. Thank you for the blood that makes us clean. I pray tonight in Jesus' name that the hand of God would rest upon us. We invite you into this moment for you to give us wisdom and clarity. Father, even as we express our opinions, we want to honor you. Father, may all we say and do bring you glory and never shame. We bless you now and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. <sighs> This is on the top of my stack, but I'm going to wait till later on to talk about the head of Cheesehead Nation. Um, I, 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 I do have to talk about Aaron Rodgers tonight. That's a whole nother story, but we'll get there in a minute. All right. Let's start with some, some decent news. All right. In case you haven't heard, coming soon, New Jersey um, drivers will not have to carry around a paper registration for much longer um, under bipartisan legislation signed into law by the reelected Governor Phil Murphy on Monday. The registration will be able to be carried on your phone. Amen. So thank God for that. Amen. I look forward to it. I'm always leaving something someplace. It's going to be great having my registration and I'm hoping my driver's license soon on my phone. All right. With, with driver's license, registration, and Apple Pay, I can literally just travel with my phone. That may not excite you, but it does it for me. All right. Thank you so much for that. Coming to a telephone near you, New Jersey registration. Thank you, 
New Jersey legislatures for that. All right. You know, it can't stay that neat and kind for too much longer. Um, I know many of you, and I hope you don't just stick to one newscast. I, I kind of meander around one because I know I have to come on here and answer questions. And two, it's just good critical thinking. I hate to use the term critical thinking because our dear brother Brett Favre used it. Um, not Brett Favre, I'm sorry. Uh, Aaron Rodgers used the term critical thinking to explain his, his kerfuffle. However, um, as a critical thinker, I would like to hear all sides of an issue before I form an opinion on it. So, um, Arizona Attorney General, um, who refers to himself just as the general, I don't know if that's a military um, term or is it an insurance term. Um, from what I'm reading, he sounds more like the general. But uh, Mark Branovich, I believe his name is Mark Branovich. Um, Tracy says, and what happened when you lose your phone? Uh, Tracy, speaking for all the millennials and all those that are just outside of millennials, most millennials will lose their souls before they lose their phones. <laughs> they, can't, they can't go five minutes without that thing in their presence. The chance of losing their phones, not very high at all. All right, their whole life is on it. Okay. Mark Bronovich, I believe his name is pronounced, said that the Biden administration could send mom and dads to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba for speaking out at school board meetings. Uh, and he was being interviewed by a Fox News host, um, Harris Faulkner. And I'm listening to this, expecting that she is going to infuse a little bit of, you know, journalistic fervor, not even integrity. I was settling for fervor. And um, and kind of push back, like, where did you get this information? You know, where is this coming from? Um, it didn't happen. So this guy, first of all, he's the attorney general and he shortens his name on social media to just general. That's his Twitter handle. He's general. Um, and he was uh, invited to talk about the upheaval at school boards about mask mandates and critical race theory being taught in our schools, which isn't happening, but people are very upset that it is. Figure that out. Um, what? Um, the general said was that Joe Biden and Merrick Garland wants to weaponize the Department of Justice just because parents are exercising their First Amendment rights to speak out against critical race theory or even vaccine mandates does not make them domestic terrorists. If you allow the Biden administration to continue this, God forbid, you're going to end up with mom and pops in Guantanamo Bay. Think about how outrageous that is, Harris. And now, now that's, that's, that's what he said. Now, I'm expecting this reporter to say, well, you know, you really don't have the information right. Um, nobody, the letter, which we'll read in a second, that came from the Biden administration or um, really it came from attorney, um, from attorney general Merrick Garland. And it was citing what the National School Boards Association sent a letter to the attorney general to say our people are being threatened and threatened with violence and this is domestic terrorism, right? Nobody was calling anybody a domestic terrorist for speaking out, but it were those people that were threatening people. You saw it on the news, I saw it, you saw it. They were telling them, we know where you live. We're coming for you. Don't think you're gonna get away with this. In fact, they were telling that to the healthcare professionals who are coming around talking about masks and vaccines and how to stay safe. And they're saying, I know where you live. I know where your kids go to school and so forth. So the, the purpose of the letter from the National School Board Association asking the FBI really to help protect its people because it was getting so violent, um, it refers that these threats are domestic terrorism. 
now this attorney general from the state of Arizona comes out and he says, listen, they mentioned domestic terrorism. So they calling you domestic terrorists for speaking out. No, it's not for speaking out. It's for threatening people. And I do submit that for those of you that's out there threatening people and telling them, you know, where they live and you know where their kids live. To me, that's a line. Right. And and I'm good if you end up in Guantanamo Bay. I think you should. Now, I know that's a little harsh, but when you start talking about people's home and their safety and their children, you should go to Guantanamo Bay. You are a terrorist. So I'm not making any excuses or, or, or trying to sideswipe that kind of stuff. Yes, you have a right to speak up if you don't like what's going on. If something is not going on and you don't like that it's not going on because you think it should be going on so you can be upset that it's going on even though it's not going on. If you want to go on like that, that's your call. Right. You'll end up in the lunar bin. My wife's a therapist. She'll be happy to see you at the going rate. I get that. But you don't get to threaten people. And when you start threatening people, somebody should do something about it. So Faulkner, who was conducting the interview, had the opportunity to say something here and could have just pointed out that there is not one shred of evidence that anybody ever has or ever will go to Guantanamo Bay for speaking out at a public forum. Never happened, nobody is threatening it. And <laughs> this uh, Harris Faulkner, her response is, that's really outrageous. Could that really happen? So you have the shyster attorney general, right? And now you have this complicit reporter. This is why people are having such a hard time with what they're hearing in the news. Journalism 101 would have said, you didn't need to fact check this. The fact that you know of nothing to even imply this would have said, you know, and I'm talking about fact check, dude. You're talking about, you know, Fox News. They can fact check this in seconds, right? Absolutely nothing said. That's really outrageous. Do you really think that could really happen? And then he went back to explain that, um, well, for now, they're trying to censor you and shut you down. You know, it's a slippery slope and it could really end up in Guantanamo Bay. <sighs> I don't even have time to read the backstory. I don't think it's, it's really worth reading. Let me ask one simple question, though. Are we really that easily fooled as a nation? Right? Listen, they use the word terrorism in the letter, and terrorists go to Guantanamo to be tor tortured for info. So if you're one of those who voiced your opinion and you get labeled as a terrorist in a letter that has nothing to do with you voicing your opinion, then you could end up in Gitmo. And we said, oh my God, that's just outrageous. How could that, you know, we have to do something about this. It's like, no matter how loud we scream and tell you, um, nobody's teaching critical race theory. People are spending money and giving to causes that are going against. Let me say something. And some of you are gonna be very upset and this is going and, and and as a foreign born individual this sounds very terrible right and for those of you in education you will understand well betty ann you kind of go where i'm going right you kind of understand where i'm going with this let me just help you with this the american education system is not at the level that a concept or a theory as complex and complicated as critical race theory can be taught in the average public school. They wouldn't get it. We don't create that smart a student in general. That's why it is a theory that is discussed in law schools and other places of higher learning that has to do with how, not individuals, not individuals, but how racism embedded in systems in America not only affect us then, but how it's affecting people right now. That's what it's about. We don't have kids smart enough 
to learn critical race theory. We're, we're, we're struggling with critical thinking. But there is this fervor. It's like critical race theory is the new big lie, right? It's the new big lie. Come on, we need to go out and fight against it. It's like no matter how many times Black people scream and say things like, um, nobody wants to defund the police. We're all saying that we need to reimagine policing and we don't want five cops coming with guns blazing to a mental health crisis. And, and we, we need to look at some of maybe the the situations that lead to people turning to crime and not just wait for the crime to happen. Maybe we need to look at the after school programs they lost, what's going on in the neighborhood, the deterioration of prey, that instead of spending all that money on once the crime is 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 is, is committed, maybe we should look and all those things were said, okay, so it's bad sloganeering. But we stopped talking about it. Will you do too? Now for those guys that I was talking with today and I invited you to turn to the program tonight. I hope you're here and I'm gonna say now what I said to you. White people need to stop talking about defunding the police because you keep defending this thing and we're not saying anything about it. We're done with it. It's bad sloganeering, we get it. But you guys keep talking about it. You guys are the one keep talking about wokeness. Okay, we had it for a second, we let it go. Now, James Carville comes on television. Ah, some of you need to go to woke detox. Who are you talking to, James? And, and let me be clear about this. Let me be very clear about this. Part of the issue that many folks have with the whole woke idea, I think it's a pejorative term, but that's beside the point. What many folks have issue with with the whole woke idea is the fact that you have duped yourself and fooled yourself into believing that this isn't necessary because you are always woke and as a result to come up with some new woke idea is somehow an affront to you no you've always been dismissive insensitive and racist and in some cases just clueless because you are raised in an environment that the truth was not told. Much that is taught in American education is a lie. So now the idea that somebody talking about enlightened, you're acting like, well, I was always enlightened. Just stop talking about it. We're finished with it, All right? We want the police. We do. You need to talk to the people who bash those Capitol police. That's who you need to talk to. You need to talk to, to the people that, you know, was screaming, hang Mike Pence. You need to talk to the former president that would call two great generals, you know, um, what did he call them again? What was the word? Um, I can't even think of the word right now. I'm sure it was a monosyllabic word. Um, Oh, what is the word he called them? Uh, it'll come to me before this is over. All right. Um, just stop it. We're done with it. Let it go. You guys are the only one talking about defunding the police and critical race theory and, and, and racism. Um, <laughs> so I can't say that. <laughs> All right. Let, let's, let's be done with it. All right. This is the reality of it. Yes, America does have to deal with its racist past present and possibly future. Yes, the racist institutions of the past have played themselves out and are intertwined and are a part of American society. I believe the air we breathe in America is laced with a certain brand of racism. We get that. And let me be clear about something. And this is the preacher in me talking. There is nothing from what I've seen about critical race theory that blames the individual or any individual, let me not even put it that way. Let me put it even more succinctly for those of you that's looking for sound bites. There is nothing in critical race theory that blames white people for America's racist past, present, or where we are right now, right? There is nothing in critical race theory that blames white people for it. That's not what critical race theory is. But as a preacher, Jesus said, 
If you build monuments to commemorate, revere, and celebrate the murderous acts of your four parents, Jesus said that you will be held as guilty as your murderous foreparents for what they did. Jesus looked at them and says, it was your it was your forefathers who killed the prophets. And you build monuments to them. And therefore, you shall be held responsible for what they did. <laughs> I think racism is more American than apple pie. Honestly, Teresa, right? The same parents ranting about CRT are the same parents who were silent when their kids created the slapper teacher and Tide Pod challenges. I don't know where that passion was at that point, right? So this is where we are. Are we really that stupid, right? Threatening to kill someone is not the same as voicing your opinion. Some of you did it on camera as board members and doctors were trying to walk away. Man, this is, this is, this is silly. We look like a nation of idiots. We look like buffoons, right? I think I think it was Sheila that said something about just buffoonery and shenanigans. The rest of the world has to be looking and saying, what are y'all thinking about? So let me be clear one more time before I move off from the subject. Nothing in critical race theory blame people in the present for what happened in the past of their foreparents. It's about systems. But in the Bible, you Christians out there in the Bible, if you build monuments to commemorate and celebrate the murderous acts of your foreparents, Jesus says you're just as guilty and you will be punished along with them. Read it, it's in Luke. Let me jump into this quick while I'm here. I think this is right about time. I know some of you on here are members of the Cheesehead Nation. But, but what's going on with your boss? Uh, what's going on with your leader? Um, I struggled about talking about this tonight. And the reason I struggled about talking about this is because as specific as we get on Miller time, my heart on Miller time is not to be a part of the typical running people down ideals of social media and the internet, right? That's not what I want to do. I, I want to deal with the principles involved that affects all of us. So, and I'm saying that as a precursor to say to you, as we're talking about the Aaron Rodgers situation, I've never met Aaron and I don't know his heart, right? I can kind of surmise from some of the idiotic things he's saying and some of the wording he's using cause gives me great cause for pause. However, let's be clear, the idea and the intent here um, <laughs> is not to really just go after Aaron like that. For those of you that haven't been keeping up with the, um, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing, uh, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers um, came out and I don't know the totality of all that he said but I know it had to do with his unwillingness to be vaccinated. And then um, he made a comment, I believe, saying he was immunized. And then when he went on Pat McAfee's show the other day, he kind of, in a way, blamed the media that the person who was interviewing when he said he was immunized should have pushed further, <laughs> should have pushed further and asked another question so he could have explained what he meant by being immunized. However, on Pat McAfee's show, uh, he took full responsibility for his comments last week about the va his vaccination status and being in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now over his vaccination status. I read to you his apology. I made some comments that people might have felt were misleading. I understand that because in America now, truth has fallen to the ground. We have no idea what truth is. So um, uh, let's just get it. So I made some comments 
that people might have felt were misleading. Listen, if it's true, truth is a good defense to slander, by the way. And to anybody who felt misled by those comments, I take full responsibility for those comments. I'm very confusing. Were they misleading or not? Did you lie? Did you, I'm, I don't know. I, I have no idea what that means. He, he continues, I understand that this issue in general is very charging to a lot of people because we're talking about public health. I totally respect that. I made a decision that was in the best interest based on consulting with my doctors. I understand that not everybody is going to understand that necessarily, but I respect everybody's opinion. I am further lost again. Uh, during an interview on the same show, Rogers confirmed he's unvaccinated against COVID-19 and is disappointed with the treatment he's been receiving in the media. Listen to what he says. This is when this is when he lost me, right? I was gonna say this is when he showed his behind, right? He said, uh, the media, listen to the terminology was on a witch hunt to find out which players were vaccinated and blamed reporters for him saying he was immunized. Roger said if any reporter would have asked a follow-up question, he would have explained he's not an anti-vax flat earther, but that he's a critical thinker. You get it? <sighs> so in other words, it's not like he's anti-vaxxer, but unlike the rest of us, morons and idiots that can't think critically, he being a critical thinker realized that it was not right for him to be vaccinated. There's, there, there's, there's more to, to this. All right. Um, then he said he believes he's been going through all the COVID protocols and he's been tested over 300 times before he finally got a one positive test. Thank God for the 301 test, right? Because if you weren't being tested, then he would have been around his fellow teammates and God knows who else with COVID. But he believes, however, that the rules are in place only to shame unvaccinated people. Roger said, again, he was tested over 300 times before testing positive that week. Thank God for testing. I don't understand what I'm missing here, right? <laughs> okay. He did not get vaccinated because he has an allergy to an ingredient in the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines and was scared about the possible side effects from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. But he said he sought alternative treatments, what was best for my body. And that's all he would say on that. All right, adding to that, Sheila, I'm with you. If you're, if you're not vaccinated, don't be vaccinated. Stand by it. Go home. Go to practice and throw the ball, right? Unless you are truly making a political statement. See, I didn't hear anybody saying, like they said to LeBron when he said something after George Floyd died, just dribble and, sh you know, just shut up and dribble the ball. Maybe somebody should have said to Aaron Rodgers, you know what, man, just go pass the ball and quit talking about medical and, and public health because you may not know anything about it. By the way, State Farm is sticking with Aaron. He's still getting this somewhere between two and $3 million a year. Um, and they respect, they, they respect his views or something. State Farm skating was just as bad as Aaron Rodgers skating, right? Thank God I don't have them for my insurer. But 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 here's the issue. Here's my issue. So forget about Aaron. Forget about all of that other kind of stuff. I have my general feeling. I've been trying to tell y'all about Aaron, Brent Favre, and Arm for years, but nobody would listen to me. All right. But anyway, just stay with me here for a minute. The fact that Aaron Rodgers knew that he was allergic to an ingredient in the Pfizer and in the Moderna vaccines says to me that Aaron Rodgers has access, healthcare, information, 
resources that you and I may not have. I got the vaccine, right? Nobody in my insurance company, my medical office, or anybody else went through with me the ingredients in the vaccine to see <laughs> to see if I was allergic to any of it. Nobody asked. I, I, I don't have access to that level of healthcare. Stay with me. But when you read and listen to his terminology, it sounds to me, Aaron, it just sounds to me like you're either getting your public health information from right wing Fox America One type news agencies or possibly your local church. That's right, I said it. Possibly your local church. Because you know the the churches around town, those little churches normally, many of them are named after the city that they're in, right? That's like the ground zero for white nationalism covered in the blood of Jesus. Aaron, if you have that kind of access to that kind of information, maybe I'm missing something. Did anybody else here get, get that kind of workup before you got vaccinated? where all the ingredients in the vaccine were matched with all your allergies and anybody and maybe somebody got it and i didn't right maybe i don't have good insurance i don't know what it is aaron if you have access to that level of insurance son get some solid information all right so i'm not the only one who didn't get that now i just went and somebody stuck me in the arm <laughs> Till this day, nobody has talked to me about all the ingredients in the vaccine. Not a soul. I didn't even know that they were doing that. Aaron, you had options, son, and you chose the wrong one. Moving right along. How much time do I have? Oh, I'm 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 doing all right. I'm sure some of you have been following this story in Grapevine, Texas. I don't know what's going on in, in Texas. Uh, oh, I didn't see this. Uh, Reverend Sue said, Previa Health of Wisconsin ended its nine-year relationship with Rogers based on his COVID statements. <laughs> okay, so again, I'm reading your statements and not one person here had that kind of correlative kind of assessment to make sure that every ingredient in, 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 in the vaccine, whether you were, you know, okay with it or not. Moving right along. Grapevine, Texas, Colaville High School. It's called Colaville Heritage High School. A few days ago, Colaville High School Board decided that they were going to fire their principal, Dr. James Whitfield. And the point was to avoid a lengthy battle in court over wrongful termination. So they came to some kind of an agreement where they would pay him to the end of his contract in June of 2022 and would pay him for an additional year. Um, let me um the <laughs> says roll up your sleeve jab with needle that's what happened to me so and they told me to drink some gatorade afterwards and i feel better that was it the colville the grapevine colville independent school district and dr james whitfield have been in the media frequently in recent weeks concerning the disputes between them both the district and Dr. Whitfield each strongly believe they're in the right. However, each also agrees that the division in the community about this matter has impacted the education of our district's students. In addition, 
The time, expense, and disruption for both Dr. Whitfield and the district would continue for some time and would further harm the education of district students. The district and Dr. Whitfield have mutually agreed to resolve their disputes. Dr. Whitfield and the district strongly agree it is important we continue to provide a safe and nurturing educational environment to all students, no matter their background, race, or gender. The district and Dr. Whitfield each wish the best to the other in the future. The district and Dr. Whitfield have agreed this will be their only public statement on the matter. That sounds nice, but why is Dr. Whitfield fired? It seems to me like the district and Dr. Whitfield agree on a whole lot of things, right? The backstory, the backstory. Dr. Whitfield is Coleville Heritage High School's first black principal. He was a rising star. In fact, making it to principal made him a star. Now, how did this start? It started because a former school board candidate named Stetson Clark accused Whitfield of advocating for critical race theory. The idea that racism runs deep and continues to shape American society today. According to Stetson Clark, because of his extreme views, listen to, listen to what he said, and I'm quoting now, I ask that a full review of Mr. Whitfield's tenure in our district be examined, right? Be examined and that his contract be terminated effective immediately. If that's not white privilege, I don't know what is. Listen what you're asking for. I'm asking for a review, but I'm also asking that his contract is terminated effective immediately. Review results be damned. I want him gone, and I want him gone now. So all of this started simply because one person said, I don't like him. We need to do something about his tenure. Whitfield explained that he thinks his trouble began in the primary let me read it again. He believes that his trouble began in the primary white Texas suburb after writing a letter to the school community following the murder of George Floyd, the plot thickens. He wrote that systemic racism is alive and well and the community all needed to work together to achieve conciliation for our nation. Could somebody tell me what was wrong with that statement? So, this former school board member didn't like it, knew the right term, you know, talk to white people about critical race theory and they'll hate their mother. Right? Let's be very clear. Let me tell you right now. Talk to white folk, scary white folk, not everybody now, nothing is true of all people. But you, you mentioned the word critical race theory right now and white folk lose their lunch. And that's exactly what happened here. So, also a year prior, someone, we don't know if it's the same person, had complained to administrators that Dr. Whitfield was setting a bad example for the students because on his home Facebook page, stay with me now, because on his home Facebook page, he had posted a picture in Mexico, on the beach, giving his wife a kiss in fully clothed, right? And they said that that was setting a bad example for the students. Let me just talk about that for a minute. This guy is a high school principal unless you've been living under a rock for the last 30 years, 
if you think that two married people fully clothed having a kiss on the beach is a bad example to these kids. <laughs> First of all, most of those kids probably have more sex than married people. Who are you think you're talking to? This is America in the 21st century. That's no bad example. In fact, I would love to see my kids see married people <laughs> showing some sign of affection, right? Your, your, your babies have tablets and, and phones and stuff. They know more than you think they do. But Dr. Whitfield also had another problem and nobody wants to talk about it. I listen to the news and everybody just bypasses it as if there's no issue with it. And what did this white dude, and yes, and I'm making it about race. I promise you I am. Um, what was his problem with Dr. Whitfield? I'll tell you what was the problem with Dr. Whitfield. Dr. Whitfield's wife is white. I'm just going to let that sit there for a second. And I will say it because nobody want to say it. It's so easy for people to talk about how upset, you know, um, <laughs> how upset black women get when they see a good black man with a white woman. But nobody wants to talk about what happens in the hearts and minds of racist America when they see a white woman with a black man. And somebody said, we have to do something about this. Well, his wife is a trooper. She's stuck by her husband. But the idea, and this is why things like critical race theory needs to be discussed I make the, the point of even now talking about it because this long in our nation's history, the idea that we're still uncomfortable saying it is enough of a problem. Racist white people have a problem. And the reverse is not always true. Let me just let me just talk about that while I'm here. The reverse is not always true. Racist white folk don't feel so bad if if, uh, um, if a white man is with a black woman, but the idea of a white woman with a black man really angers people, angers people. <laughs> I'm not making things up, y'all. Some of you know and some of you know the story. Um, let me read what Tracy wrote. Tracy, a married, a married man kissing his own wife while both of them are fully clothed is a bad example for the soon. Is that not what married people are supposed to do? I don't want to get into it. It's old stuff, but I just wanted to tell you. My first... I shouldn't even say this, but I'm out here now, right? I'm way out here on the limb, so I'm just going to say it. When I came to America, year one, year two, and maybe even year three, I only dated white girls. Wasn't by choice. It was just who I was around. And I liked who I liked, who I was around. I remember, <laughs> I remember my dad told me one time that he thinks I was racist against my own country, my own people. 
and he took no responsibility that he was the one who brought us to a church where we were the only black people in it. And we were taught to only date Christians. So who else was I going to, right? <sighs> and I learned the most difficult way then as a 15 year old kid, how difficult that was for some people. I saw a parent who loved me, thought I was just the greatest thing since sliced bread, the best friend her daughter ever brought home and how much her daughter's math had, you know, improved since she was around me and since I was a friend and until she found out that maybe I was trying to teach more than math. And she lost it. I was no longer this nice, sweet boy who loved Jesus and just happened to be good at math. <laughs> I, I'm sure y'all all saw what Garfield said. Yeah, and I know. Listen, it's, it's Miller time. Let's just be, you know, a little, you know, there's this thing about Jamaican men and white women. I understand that. Um, but however, let's be very clear. Having that experience, you get to learn some things. And this poor man is out of his job. His kids, by the way, are still in the school system. I can only imagine what they're dealing with. And again, I am not blaming anybody else outside of that system, but one person. Oh, by the way, when they fired this man, they fired him with the auditorium or the, the meeting room filled, let, let me say it again, and this is just goes to show that uh, <laughs> you can't paint everybody with a broad brush. brush. The room was filled with mostly white people in support of the principal. Let me say it one more time. The room was filled with mostly white people in support of the principal because they were very impressed with the work that he was doing. And one person said, Mm. Butch Redner, you're right. It could have been much worse. But I tell you, my, when I had that experience the first time, I was, I was devastated as a kid because I was kind of new in America and I wasn't accustomed to that. If those of you that know anything about where I'm from, we don't have those issues. People date cross races all the time. It's not a big deal. Nobody even look at you special. Um, <laughs> however, um, I still remember that till this day. That's exactly what they did. They didn't fix the problem. They didn't deal with it. Nobody's even going to talk about why this came up in the first place. Let's just, you know, what? It's going to cost us a quarter million dollars and it just goes away. Moving right along. Stay with me here, folks. We're going to talk about all the current events because we got too much going on. Yes, thanks. Somebody just sent me a picture of another one where he's um, with his wife. Thank you for sending me that. That was that was good. Where he's with his wife. And um, oh, I wish I could show you this. Um, first of all, I'm seeing her for the first time. Let me just back up. James Whitfield looked like he's tatted, right? And his wife is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and one of the pictures they're on the beach. She's laying down. He is over her as if he was about to kiss her. And they made him take down that picture also. That's online. You can see it. They're just two smooth people doing what smooth people do. Um, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. That's all I'm going to say about that. 
All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm back. All right. Sorry if I lost you for a second there. I meandered to some other. All right. I'm back. Ahmad Arbery. His trial is going on right now. Now, let me be very honest with you. For the sake of my mental health and for my continued service to the kingdom and being in the right space and the right frame of mind, let me, t I, I hope you do this because I do it from time to time. Like today was hard for me to prepare because I had taken uh, um, kind of a hiatus from the news because I, I never want what's going on to affect my heart. So I, I handle as much as I can, and I can always tell when this is getting too much. When when I feel that I'm feeling more of sense of anger than a need for intercession, then it's time for me to back off. So I was kind of, I had to play catch up, right? And in the Ahmaud Arbery trial, first of all, in a county that's 26% Black, 26% Black, they could only find one Black juror one black juror. The judge, follow me now, the judge came out and said that it appears that the defense, the defense appears to be discriminatory in selecting jurors. However, the case can still go on. You know, Sheila, I was wondering what happened to you last week. Thanks for clearing that up. And I want you to know, I do understand. Now, you know, let's just take a segue and talk about that for a minute. The temptation, it's like, you know, these two bills that's going on in, in DC, I have checked out of it, right? I am not gonna be a part of what's going on. Whatever they get done, it's fine. I don't know what's gonna happen in the Senate. The Senate is a funky place again. It has 52 Republicans and 48 Democrats, and the 48 Democrats is who the speaker, their part is who the speaker is, and that's just the situation. And um, while we're on that segue, um, you see in the House yesterday, they passed a bill aimed at strengthening cybersecurity for business and it passed the House, listen to me, it passed the House 423 to nothing. All Democrats and all Republicans voted for it. This is what I'm trying to tell you. And all of y'all writing me talking about you hate America. No, I see America. I see America with all the divisiveness and the vitriol and the hatred and, and the lack of cooperation, you come up with an idea to protect businesses and they can get together and vote for it 422. But if you ever come up with an idea that say, let me help people, let me help poor people, let me help black people, let me do something about poor people's education. Let me do something about people drinking lead poison every day. Let me do something about all of that. We can't agree on that. And whatever mansion and cinnamon, all the rest of them come up with, well, how are you gonna do this? And how are you gonna pay for that? And how are you gonna pay for that? I didn't hear one argument as to how they were gonna pay for this stuff. None of that matters. So we can protect businesses, but people we can't protect. This is why every now and then I need to take a break because you can't explain that any other way. They said, well, it had bipartisan support. How can feeding hungry children not have bipartisan support? How can doing something about universal health care not have bipartisan support? How come America being the only nation, we're still lying to ourselves that we're the greatest. How can America being the only developed nation that doesn't have um, paid leave? Behind on healthcare, we're paying more for drugs than people overseas are paying for drugs that are made here in America. And there's no bipartisan support. No, you, you will vote right and you'll get together if it's money, money for you and money for business, you know how to work that. But to care about people, you couldn't give two flying things. You act like you do. And that's why, that's why I believe with all my heart that we better pray. We better learn as the church of Jesus Christ. If you didn't hear Sunday's sermon, I suggest that you go listen to it. And if you if you listen to it, I suggest that you listen to it again because you probably missed a whole bunch of stuff in it. We better learn how to have deep, meaningful 
relationships that are that are mutually beneficial and that we can live out our lives together because i'm telling you when it comes to our governance money is the rule and we're not even thinking about people you know we celebrated the other day and we we're so happy that um the last infusion of money took four million uh children out of poverty and we celebrate and i'm saying what's the celebration why are we why are we really celebrating we took half the kids out of poverty but this is America. This is no third world country. Why don't we just do something and get the other half out of poverty? Because we don't care that much. We don't. We, we, we care kind of. But it's not that critical. So I digressed. In the Ahmaud Arbery case, um, just one jury, just one black jury is all they could find. The judge says it's obvious that the defense is being discriminatory, but let the case go on anyway. There's absolutely no telling. And I'm telling you right now, y'all better pray because when three guys decide that they're going to think somebody is a robber and therefore he ends up in a bullet hole, um, killed on the street like a dog and they get away with it, uh, we are on dangerous ground and we need to watch ourselves because don't have this hyper confidence in America that we're just going to keep continuing to exist while the fabrics of decency and the foundations of decency are destroyed. Hmm. We don't care that much about people. And this week, if I, if I ever doubted it, I no longer doubted it. All right, I'm running out of time. Let me do a couple more things. All right, some candidates of color broke the um the uh barriers in 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 our society um over the past few days and i'm excited i think it's a good thing and i think we should talk about it right um uh michelle wu first woman and person of color to be elected boston's mayor right for those of you who don't understand boston racially boston is like the mississippi of the east you may not believe that that's been my experience. I'm gonna shame that, all right? I've been to 41 states. Boston was the worst that I've experienced racism at a particular level. All right, so Michelle Wu, first woman and person of color to be elected Boston's mayor. Go Boston. All right, I'm gonna get back to that in a minute, uh, Greg. Um, Ed Ganey, Pittsburgh, first black mayor ever, ever. Aftab Purival, Cincinnati mayor, first Asian American mayor in Cincinnati. Here's a good one. Virginia's lieutenant governor, first black woman as Virginia's lieutenant governor. I'll call her name and you'll know where she's from. Her name is Winsome Sears. Okay, of course. Yes, I'll say it. She is Jamaican. And not a first, but the second black mayor of New York City, Eric Adams. Also, one last one that haven't made the list. Um, oh, wow. You know, Greg, I keep forgetting you were from Pittsburgh. Sure is. Right? Also, the defensive coordinator for, I think it's the Chicago Bears, is the first Native American coordinator in the NFL. Now, um, maybe you can help me to decide, is this a national celebration or a national shame or a combination of both? I kept looking at this today and couldn't figure out where I was going to park this car. Um, first Native American. Uh, <laughs> Taritha, you're right. Uh, I'm waiting to see what this woman does. She is a, um, 
a Republican lieutenant governor. But you know, <laughs> let me say this. Everybody at some point in time have to decide what you are first. And we've had this conversation before. Everybody has to decide what are you first, right? I'm a lot of things. I'm a, I'm a human. I'm a black man. I'm a man. Um, I am a Christian. I'm a husband. I'm a father. Um, I'm a lot of things. And, you know, honestly, I could take out being a husband and a father and that out of it. But as a as a as a as a black man. As a Christian. And even as an American. Of Jamaican birth, also Jamaican always will be. What am I first? And sadly enough, many people don't answer this question. You know, even as we're talking about this lieutenant governor, and she does seem like the Candace Owens type, right? And she has some very um, truly Republican-ish, um, and I'm talking about 21st century Republican, right? I agree with Republicans on many things. Let me just throw that out there for those of you that think I don't. I, ideologically, I'd make a good one. Um, but I'm talking about 21st century post-Trump Republican. Um, she seemed like she has some tendencies that would head in that direction. Um, but we all need to decide what we are first. This is why I stay on the church, because the truth of the matter is who we are in Christ has to be the priority is who we are. We need to be Christians first. We're crucified with Christ. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. So the life that we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. If any man is in Christ, he is therefore a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So, uh, Miss Lieutenant Governor, please be good first. And if you can't do that, don't let them make you forget you're a black woman. So, to my question. Is this a national celebration of these barriers? Or is it a national disgrace that it's taken these many years and it's still being fought? People are still losing their jobs. May God help us. May God help us to, to love him most. May those of us who name the name of Jesus make up in our minds now that we represent him. I see some of you are answering my question. In 2021, it is a combination of both. It is a cause for celebration. You can't have something happen and not and act like it didn't. Thank God it did. Late, but did. But as quick as we celebrate it, we better realize that it's a disgrace. We should have been here a long time ago. Why? Because we're better than that? No, because this is not who we are. No, because the church in America is too large. And had we lived up to the ideals of scripture, had we been Christians first, had we truly loved the Lord above all, if we loved him more than country, we loved him more than party, if we loved him more than culture, then we could have been here a long time ago. But because American hypocrisy is not relegated to just secular people or the unsaved, it is so a part of who the American church is. That's why it's taken us so long to get here. May the church of Jesus Christ rise from the ashes and proclaim truth and get down to being salt and light and represent the kingdom that we have been given new birth into despite whatever culture we were naturally born into. Until next time, this is Pastor Cedric Miller saying, 
God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Thank you for joining me tonight. Good night.